0: FM to get started. This day has almost been a year in the making, and she's finally in studio. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, We Talk Movie. All right, you guys, welcome on into To the Point with Kristen Burt, presented by Popcorn Talk and, of course, Dance Network. And we are so excited you guys are here today because we had the state plans and then. We couldn't make it happen, and it is finally here. So I am so excited to have you here in studio, Danielle Jones. You are looking amazing, too. I'm so excited. And this is a good song. Tell everyone who it is in case they don't know. Jasmine Sullivan, if you dare. This is my anthem of the year. This is a good anthem, too. Yeah. This is a really good anthem. Um, I want to let everyone know kind of like how you and I sort of went through all of this and, and kind of got to this place because we actually met in March 2017. So the fact that we are finally here in January 2018 is really <laughs> right. a miracle. Um, <laughs> but um, I had contacted you when you were kind of really, I mean, going through it when it comes to breast yeah. cancer. I mean, you were in it. Um, and I think, actually, we, probably going back to the fall of 2016, we were exchanging messages. Right. And you were like, just give me some time, give me some time. And we met in March 2017. Right. Um, there's our photo, actually. Yeah, there okay, we are. There we are. I know. And, uh, you know, we, we met over lunch, and I recorded it, and I was going to write an article. And then I finally just got back to her, and I was like, this story is not coming to life. <laughs> the only person who's going to do justice to your story— is you. <laughs> well, hey. Hey, yeah. And because I think that you've, you've got an incredible journey, but I think you also have an important message right. and uh, things to, to share with everyone. And uh, who better to tell it than you? We had you booked for, um, I th- and I want to say maybe last August or September, somewhere around there. Yeah. And uh, you weren't feeling well. And we got you back. Although you had the flu, so we almost lost you <laughs> again for this date, but it's we like got you so close to
1: being like, <laughs> um, and it's still not happening. But, <laughs> it's happening.
0: We are so happy you're here. And as I said, you know, uh, if I look at that, that photo in March and, and now, I mean, you just, you look incredible. I said, your skin just looks so bright and glowing. That's, that was the one thing I really noticed.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's been, it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy year. Um, yeah, I was diagnosed in August of 2016 and, um, ladies don't be like me, you know, do your, I call it like fill it on the first, make sure you do your annual checks. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just happened to find something in the shower, you know what I mean? It was just crazy. And I kind of flipped out and, you know, I was a workaholic at the time. I was working 60 to 75 hours a week Mm -hmm. and um, starting my own company and doing a bunch of things. And I kind of just let life take over and looked up and was like, oh my gosh, this is three times the size it was when I found it. I need to go to the doctor like ASAP. And a week later, I was
0: diagnosed. How long was that span from when you found something and then waited? I found it in April. Okay. And then I didn't go
1: to the doctor until August.
0: And if I remember correctly from telling your story, you also sort of delayed it cuz you're like, I don't have health insurance right now. Right. And I, and I think that that is nothing to be embarrassed about. We talk about health insurance oh, no. so much in this country and I kind of want to bring that up too because it's it's something that you're like, well, I'm I'm just going to hold off and I'm going to wait or you know, right. until it's maybe Well, I was the type that I I just I never got sick. Like yeah. Um, And if I
1: felt something, I like, you know, echinacea, garlic, vitamin C, like the moment I started coughing, if I felt anything. So I wasn't one who got sick often. Um, You had a strong immune system. Yeah. And I hardly ever went to the doctor. Like the last time I had gone to the doctor, I didn't even, to be honest, remember. And um, because I just, I had no reason to, Mm -hmm. and I didn't have insurance. So initially I was like, well, the first thing I need to do is try to get insurance because, you know, I wasn't well-educated in, you know, the different changes that had happened, like, with Obama. So I was concerned that if, you know, I had a pre-existing condition, that if I went in there and they told me something crazy, which they ended up telling me something really crazy, crazy, (laughs) um,
0: that they would deny me insurance. And this is important to remember. With Obamacare, (laughs) you can come in and get insurance with a pre-existing condition. Right. um, The way it was before... And even the slightest thing. If you were someone that got, say, strep throat like five times in a row one winter, that would often exclude you from getting insurance. Right. Which is something that you can just go to, you know, your doctor. You get a swab. They give you a prescription. You go to your pharmacist, and you're you're healthy in a week. Yeah, this is something that is major medical care.
1: For sure. And I, you know, because I, you know, wasn't educated and I didn't, I wasn't up on everything that had changed because I was like, ah, the doctor. uh," And I hate hospitals. I can't stand them. Nobody likes Um, them. (laughs) But yeah. So then I started getting put through the ringer, like trying to get insurance. And then the insurance I was getting was so expensive. And then it was like, it was only for a certain amount of time. And if, um, you know, then I had to like re-register for insurance again. And it was this whole I was just getting put through so many different things that mm-hmm. one that kind of deterred me from I was just like, oh, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it right. out. I'll figure it out. And just kept, I'll figure it out. And finally one day, I, you know, I did my check and I was like, you know, I really something's wrong. Like I don't know exactly what's going on here, but it it's at the point now where like I can't, I can't ignore it any longer. Um, regardless to how I feel, regardless to what's going on, I at least have to figure out what's happening. And, um, you know, I think had I gone in earlier, maybe my year wouldn't have been so crazy, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like I said, it did grow three times the size in a matter of like three or four months. And after I was like, no, six weeks later, it was in my lymph nodes. So initially when I was diagnosed, there was no sign of it being anywhere but in my right breast. And um, my oncologist was like, well, let's just get it out. And then my surgeon was like, well, well, let's try chemo. So there was all these different things that were coming at me and it was quite a bit overwhelming. Um, and while they were kind of hashing out what were the next steps for my treatment, I was like researching holistic. Methods and different things like that. And at first, I was going to refuse treatment and just go a holistic route. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I went in for a checkup, and they felt something in my lymph nodes, which is right underneath my armpit, which they hadn't felt before. So then I went and did the whole testing all over again to only find out that the same thing that was in my breast is now in my lymph nodes. And at that point, literally, my oncologist went from, like, adamantly saying, do not do chemo, do not do chemo on a Tuesday to calling me that next Friday and is like, can you come in on Monday? We have to start you on chemo like yesterday. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second, hold on. Like, like Let's literally on. a few days ago, you just told me like yeah. you were adamant about this. He's like, well, now that it's moved into your lymph nodes, it means it's spreading. This cancer is extremely aggressive. So we need you on chemo. And then literally the day before, so that was on a Friday, that Sunday I made the announcement on
0: IG and I started chemotherapy. Right away, and you have to remember, lymph nodes are kind of like the gateway to the rest of the body, so you want to stop this. As quickly yeah, as possible. Yeah, how your body um, filters your blood, pretty much. Yeah, it's a really big deal. So I'm glad that they were kind of on top of everything and caught this when they did. That way, right. you you could start the chemo. Um, the other thing I want to mention, and, and I think that you know we, we get the messages as women, like okay, when you hit 40, that's when you should start doing mm-hmm. um, mammogram, but you should be doing checks regularly right. on yourself because you have not hit 40. So. Yeah. Um, and that is something just to remember, that yeah. there are women getting breast cancer at earlier and earlier ages. Right. So please be proactive about your health, everyone. Yeah. And, and the thing that, you know, even when
1: I went in, they kind of just, when I said, I, you know, I feel something in my breast, the doctor's kind of like, oh, you're fine. You're young, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, something something's not right. So I'm praying it's not cancer, but definitely something's wrong. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I at this point now, because I have been diagnosed and gone through this journey, you know, I have connected with so many other people and other women, but there are a lot more women than you think that are getting it under 40. There are women that are getting it in their 20s. Correct. So, you know, if anything, just do the self-examinations um, often just so that you get to know your body um, so that if there is anything different, you, could, you know to go get checked and just... You know, and when you go in, especially if you're, you know, you're younger, unless you have a, a family history, mm-hmm. they're not necessarily gonna take you too seriously. Right, and you have to be your own advocate. You have to like say like, no, check me. I want to. I want the mammogram. I want this. You know. So it's it's
0: definitely worth it. And early detection saves lives. It it certainly does. And I think also another thing we talked about off air, dancers. <laughs> we like to go as long as we can um, and until we have to go to the doctor or we like to dance through all of that pain and things like that. And so sometimes as dancers, we delay things when it comes to our health. So I know a lot of dancers watch this show, just really pay attention to what's going right. on with your body. I think that's a really important message.
1: For sure. And I think
0: also it was easier for
1: me to articulate to my doctors what was wrong with me or things that I was feeling. There was, um, you know, my uncle was like, the way you describe the way you feel or what you're going through, he's like, I've never heard anybody describe it in this manner and I'm like, Well, I just I know as a dancer, I know my body so well and you learn like what's a good pain and yes. and what's a bad pain and you and when you know, when you're in that place where you're like, Okay, this is no good Mm-mm. and um, I'm kind of praying to God that I'm just going to make it tomorrow. And that's like yeah. real for That was a real place for me in this past year.
0: And for you, you went through it. There, there was a scary time. I know, I think maybe your husband or some of your friends were, were posting for you cause you were in the hospital. Right. Um, you had some setbacks. Um, tell us what that was like, because I, and I love that you've been honest about the lows when it comes to cancer in the journey cuz it's not like I'm going to fight this and every day it's sunshine and roses it's no. not there's there's a lot of depression that goes with this right
1: no i mean i went through chemotherapy um august of actually october of 2016 and it went through it's like they call it like rounds so my first round and then within that round there's cycles so I would go into the doctor every other week, and the first time I had chemotherapy, it was through an IV, and it was like a five-hour process. So I was literally at the hospital all day long. By the time I finished the process, I was just exhausted. Like it, I felt like I had ran a marathon, and all I did was sit in a chair for five hours, mm-hmm. but that's you know, how invasive what they're putting into your body is. And I was, you know, coming out of it by that night, I was viciously ill. Um, During that time, I was so delirious. Um, It was hard for me to even get my thoughts together, to speak, Um, just walking from my bedroom to my bathroom, which is like 20 steps. Like, you know, graphically, I had I had a throw up bag like in the bed with me tied around my my wrist just in case I couldn't make it to wherever I needed, wherever I was trying to get to. Um, I had a cot in the bathroom. Um, I would just lay in the bed and it felt like the room was spinning and I would be in the dark with my eyes closed and all I could do was cry and pray. That's all I could do. Um, And when I tell you, you know, there's days where I'm like, okay, God, is this it? And I literally had like 911 on my phone when my husband wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And... There were times where I'm like, okay, do I call nine one one because that's how sick I felt. You feel and like I'm I feel like, horrible. I'm like, if I if I'm if I'm not supposed to be in the hospital right now, like what 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 escalates myself to like being so sick that I need to be hospitalized? Um, well, I found out. <laughs> you found out, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. and, it, and it was scary.
0: Like some of right. the photos I saw, I was like, oh my goodness! Like it it was it was scary just yeah. even seeing a photo. So I imagine like in person for your family, it was. A yeah. Really serious time,
1: yeah. I um, in May of 2017, I had a double mastectomy and um, they took out all my lymph nodes. Um, I chose to do that because I just I'm trying to avoid it coming back, like anything I can do to keep it from coming back, so um. I decided to get rid of them. Um, right now, what you see is my temps. So <laughs> <laughs> they
0: look beautiful. I yeah. will say that they look good. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they did a good job. I'm not mad. I'm not no, mad at I all. I wouldn't be either.
1: <laughs> um, but these are the temporaries until I'm done with like all all of my treatments, and yep. then I'll go and and get breast implants. But um, yeah, I had a double mastectomy, and then right after the mastectomy, I got a bacterial infection called C diff, and it's literally something that you get in the hospital after a surgery mm-hmm. so it's it's not something that you just kind of get from somewhere else like i got it in the hospital and i was i had my surgery on a monday i was released on a wednesday crazy enough right because i'm like really i can hardly walk but you're gonna let me go home right but their thing was your my immune system was so low get from you my chemo, out of there. they wanted me out of the hospital because there's there's so many germs that are roaming around that my body can't, my immune system is so shot that
0: it's hard for me to fight off Pneumonia, anything. staph infections, all of these things right. that people get not from their illness, but from something else. Right. Yeah. So I was
1: released on a Wednesday and by that Friday I was back in the hospital and initially they thought I had pneumonia because I had fluid in my lungs and all these things and my kidneys had started to be infected and so they're like okay now you it's a pneumonia no you've got a kidney infection oh no, you got a bladder infection oh no, you got this you got that to find out that it was C diff, and the C diff um, had started in my colon and it had infected my intestines oh, it infected my, my kidneys it infected my bladder and put fluid in my lungs <laughs>
0: so- I love how you laugh at that I'm like oh my gosh
1: <laughs> yeah it was a lot but <laughs> I mean within like a week I was told I had so many different things <laughs> that by the time they figured out what the actual problem was and they started treating it then you know I got so much better but you know I went into the emergency room with a 104 temperature oh boy and I could barely even keep my eyes open like trying to get to the car like you know my sister and my dad my dad's holding me up my sister's holding my head and I, you know, my dad's like, "You know, do we call nine one one And I'm like, no, just get me to get the hospital. Yeah. like just get me to the hospital. Um, but yeah, so that was that was a really scary time because i I thought that chemo was like the worst of it, but I think coming out of surgery and when out of surgery, I wasn't able to use my arms at all. So Boy. I needed help doing everything. So on top of trying to recover from you know, having my chest all cut up and then my underarm all cut up, um, then now I have this bacterial infection that's infected my
0: intestines, my kidneys, my bladder. <laughs> you, you, you must have felt really lousy. Let's, so. like, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot on the body. A lot so. of healing it's trying to right. do because it's trying to heal here and then now trying to heal on your lower half of the body. Yeah, and too. I was pretty much quarantined.
1: So once they, once they figured out, they put me in this, like, area of the hospital. I was, like, by myself, like, in a corner, um, and... Did everyone have
0: to wear, like, total garb to go and see, like, masks? No, and-
1: but they just, they just kept me isolated. Yeah. Um, so I, luckily, like, nothing like that had to happen. Um, but they did, they kept me isolated. I was definitely in, like, a part of the hospital It was really quiet, because I was literally the only person, like, in my area. Um, and they just, they kept me from everything. And I was in the hospital for a week after that. So I was only in the hospital for a few days for my surgery, which... I got this bacterial infection. I was in the hospital for a week. And even after that week, they're just like, we got to get you out of here. Like as bad as I was, they were like, we have to get you like out of the hospital. We need now that you are starting to recover. Your fever is
0: like go home. Yeah. yeah. I
1: had a fever. I could they couldn't get my fever below like 103 for like four days. Whoa
0: it's amazing. The body is amazing. It's amazing how it, and you go through something so horrible and it's still able to recover too right. at the same time. It just keeps fighting. That's yeah. incredible.
1: No, I mean, it's the things that my I right now I'm getting to know my body all over again mm-hmm. because, you know, the the traumatic things that my body has gone through um I'm no longer going to be the same. Like I'm I'm a different person and so that's why even now like Everything I do, I'm using. I don't even use Danielle Jones anymore. I use Dan- um, Danielle Denise, which is my first name and my middle name, mm-hmm. because I don't. I'm not Danielle Jones anymore. Like, like that's that person
0: is gone. I'll introduce you. Now. <laughs> we have her here in okay. studio. It's Danielle Denise. Hey, hey. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, you know, it's even interesting for me um, when I saw you in March too. The energy level is extremely different. Right. I'm at this time. I remember we walked. I think I walked you to your car or you walked me to my car, but it was, you know, right. at the time you were you were tired and, mm-hmm. you know, you were going through all of that and it's like walked in today and I was like, "She's here."
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and, I'm I'm doing so much better. Yeah. Um I, you know, after my surgery, um, unfortunately I didn't get great news. Um so the cancer was still spreading while I was taking the other chemotherapy even though the chemotherapy was some of the strongest I could have gotten. I even asked my doctor. I was like, "Out of like one to ten like what would you say the strength and he was like probably like eight and a half and I was like, aha, got it <laughs> You're like that's so, not the
0: number I wanted right yeah
1: um so even though I was taking like some of the strongest type of chemotherapy that I could possibly get and I had severe side effects, I'm still dealing with neuropathy
0: in my hands and feet I haven't been able to wear shoes. Sense. Explain to people what neuropathy I'm... is, because I don't think a lot of people, unless they've had a family member, go through it.
1: Right. Um, it feels like it's pain in your hands and feet and swelling. Mm-hmm. And it feels like pins and needles, and it's a throbbing thing that never – it doesn't go away. So it's not like, oh, sometimes I feel it and sometimes I don't. Like, the pain is always there. Consistent. So someone's like, are you in pain? I'm like, yeah. Like, like, are you always in pain? Yeah. And <laughs> this is
0: very – it's a very common side effect, too. I've I had yeah. several th- – who have gone through it and, and still have it even though they are yeah. in remission, so.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping that it goes away. Um, that's, I'm praying just because, especially with my feet and dancing, like, um, I've just now started to, like, get back into trying to choreograph and do certain things again and my feet are, it's they're very affected. I mean, I, right now, like I said, I haven't wore, worn shoes since last year in February. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm still not able, I can't, like, take the pressure of having shoes on. Even, Having, you know, at one point having blankets on my feet was too much. Yeah. So nothing – I couldn't wear socks. I couldn't have anything touching my feet because it was just extremely – it was extremely painful.
0: Sensitive, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like get it off. Get yeah. it away. Yeah. Um, but So you're going to be really good at contemporary, though, right? Because your, your feet are like, you're like, I'm grounded. I got this. No, I, I
1: feel everything. So, But now, I mean, my body's, it's coming back. I mean, some of the side effects was the neuropathy, which um, I'm still dealing with it, but it's a lot better. Um, all my nails had turned black. My nails have, you know, that part is they've fallen off and they're growing back. They're still a little discolored from my last round of chemo.
0: They're a little, a little yellow. No, they don't look bad to me,
1: But, uh, you know, the last round of chemo um, wasn't as invasive. So I felt a bit more functional. Um, It was pills. So I was able to take them at home. I did two weeks on and one week off, and I had to do that for six months. So all in all, I've done technically like what they would say 16 cycles, two rounds, where I had from October to uh, February. Then I went through surgery. Then after my surgery, they found that the cancer was still spreading while mm-hmm. I was doing chemotherapy so they felt like even though I had the surgery and the cancer that they knew was in my body they had taken out um, they still felt like there was residual cancer cells Yep. and you can't um, there's no way they can really tell whether they're there or not until it forms into some sort of tumor oh, um, so it's kind of a guessing game
0: mm-hmm. so
1: then they're like well you're not going to do radiation you actually need to do chemo again just to make sure that if you know there are any residual cancer cells in your body you can go
0: ahead and you know we try to everything's preventative at this point right okay and then and now you're stepping into radiation next correct yes all right and that it, we were just talking about that too <laughs> as well i mean that's like uh what it's, they said it might feel like the worst sunburn you ever got yeah um The side effects
1: to radiation aren't as intense, um, Mm -hmm. but they did tell me that, you know, the skin will get very sensitive, Mm -hmm. um, that it will feel like the worst sunburn that you've ever had, which I kind of laughed at that because I was like, "Um, I'm melanin, I'm a black girl, (laughs) and having a sunburn hasn't ever. I'll let you know. (laughs) I've never had one. So when they said, you know, it'll be the worst, it'll feel like the worst sunburn you've ever had, and I'm like, never had that so i need a new analogy because right. I what is that
0: <laughs> but I've you can get the burn. blistering though like you would with a bad sunburn correct yes yeah so that can be painful i've had bad sunburns i mean i'm so pale so yeah. um i've had second degree burns and they can be blistery and and they are painful but yeah. i don't know what the analogy is of like the worst one you've ever you know what i mean like right is that like a a scalding burn? Like, if you touch, like, a hot stove or water, can they...
1: I mean, probably just... I mean, when they say, like, the worst one you could have, it's probably in your mind, like, what is the worst type of sunburn you could have? And that's probably the one that
0: blisters and peels and gets raw and... I had a... I I had secondary burns all down... I had a crazy accident and had secondary burns all over the front of my legs. And I will tell you that it's painful, but tolerable. Tolerable. And I think, (laughs) and I do think it, no, it's super painful. Um, but I also think maybe it's the dancer thing where you're like, you kind of like grit it and bear it a little bit more at this
1: point. Like after my first round of chemo, when, when I tell you there are times I thought I wasn't going to make it to tomorrow, like that's, that's real life. Um, and when I like, you know, wake up every morning and I'm like, thank you God for another day. Like, That means a whole new thing to me now because when you, like, are facing, like, looking death in the face, um, that means a whole new thing. It sounds Mm. so cheesy and it sounds so cliche, but it's, like, no, like, there was a time when when I couldn't find anything else to be grateful for. I would just say thank you for each breath. I would just literally meditate and breathe in and out and just thank God for my breath. Because I'm, like, hey, I'm breathing, so that means I'm alive. Like, I don't know what tomorrow leads I don't even I don't know what tonight has for me right (laughs) well
0: but but that's what I loved about your Instagram feed too though it was so honest because it it, when you were going through that really dark day sometimes you would post about it and I mean you know in the comments everyone's trying to lift you up too which was great to see but at the same time I was like this is so raw and real because it's not just like Chemo, I gotcha. You know, because some days you probably felt like, chemo. you've got me. Right. You know what I mean? And for I think sure. that, that it's important to to see that ride and that journey. I think that for
1: whatever reason, because I'm normally a really private person, and it's like if you, you know, if you get stalkerish and you, like, scroll through my Instagram, like, before this happened, you hardly saw any pictures of me, selfies. I just wasn't that person. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, whatever inspired me is what I put up. I didn't really put anything about... My personal life um but for whatever reason something said chair and that's just what I did yeah. and um and I also it also avoided every time I went out like having to repeat so much um of what was happening yes. um like how so, are you right oh. I mean <laughs> I still had that but because you know I shared as much as I possibly felt comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when people would see me, it's like, oh, I, I I, saw your last post. This is going on. So they already kind of had a door in as to, to the foundation where I was, how I was doing. Um, it wasn't starting that conversation over every single time. So it, it helped. But in my meditation time, it was just something kept saying, share, 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 yeah. share. And I'm like okay, God, like, I guess this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So, (laughs) and it was, you know, to be, it was a good to get it out. Um, and you know, maybe I probably should have gone to like a counselor and I may still do that at some point because, um, you know, there's PTSD, there's residual stuff from that comes up from what your body goes through, what your mind goes through, um, um, It's just, you know, it's crazy, you know, and in every aspect of the word, I was depleted from physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. It literally strips you down and um, it's scary but exciting because I feel like I have a second chance at life. And I don't know what it looks like. I was
0: just gonna say, what what does that look like for you? Because we were just talking briefly. Like you're like, I think I might start teaching again, like, and and try and get a little bit of like schedule and normalcy going on. And yeah, I just at this point, I think it's actually been harder
1: since I since I haven't been as sick. So going through this second round of chemo, I was still really tired, and I would still get a little sick here and there. But I felt. Functional, So I felt like I could get up and go, but then the moment I would get up and go, I would get exhausted. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really messed with my mind because I felt like, okay, now I feel, I feel like I can go do something. And then the moment I would go out the door, I'm like, okay, I feel tired. And then if I didn't lay down, I would just start getting sick. Yeah. So I got exhausted so easily. And so it was hard because I, I wanted to get up and go, and I just couldn't.
0: Yeah, it's like damned if you do, damned if you right. don't. You know, you're like, what do I do? Like, what did you do to to sort of like get yourself out of that place? Like, did you just like take a walk down the block just to be like, let me get outside for five minutes? Yeah.
1: Um, what I started doing was, you know, I have like buildings that are like right next to each other where I live, and so, you know, I would try to, you know, walk up and down the street. There was like a little park area that's close by me. Um, or if somebody wanted to like hang out, I'd be like, Hey, can you just take me to the park? And I would go to the park and just at least walk around like once. I just needed fresh air. I needed to mm-hmm. be outside. Um, and it wasn't as dangerous because before being out in public was, you know, because my immune system was so affected that it was dangerous for me to be out and about. So it was nice to be able to leave the house and <laughs> go outside and be around People without necessarily having a mask on, because initially, anytime I went out in public, they're like, "You have to wear a mask." Yeah, and so
0: it was just, you know, the looks that you get. And I just wore one on a plane. I was telling you, I'm like, (laughs) and I was healthy, and everyone's like, "Feel better." I'm like, "No, I'm healthy, but I don't want this flu that's going around." And we were having a big epidemic of it here in California, as Mm -hmm. you know, because you unfortunately got the flu, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> I was like, no. Yeah,
1: no, this this <laughs> particular of this flu was I mean, from what I hear, it's just a beast anyways. But then on top of like I was literally in my last like cycle of chemo and I got sick during this second week and um and I got so sick that I had to stop taking it because I was like, I can't I can't do this. And um it took me two solid weeks to like feel okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still, I'm still a bit tired. I still got a little cough. Um, still getting over the residual, but you know, I, I was, you know, ended up, you know, in the hospital at some point and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this. Okay. But you know, 2018 is here. It's here. (laughs) I am done with chemo. I am done. It's
0: like a whole new book. Yeah. Writing each chapter.
1: And then I'm going to start radiation, and the radiation goes from, like, six to eight weeks. Um, And then there's a few weeks after that that takes recovery time. And then I have, like, six months, and then I have my other surgery. So, I mean, I'll be in treatment throughout the year, but I'll be functional. I'll be able to piece my life back together. Um, I want to, you know, start exploring, like, music. I want to start performing again mm-hmm. and dance for me right now is, you know, it's kind of out the door. Who knows what, you know, lies in the future, but as far as right now, like dance is kind of done especially with my body, my feet. Um I want to get back to teaching. Um art is just it's my life, you know. Um but the one thing I feel like I'm missing is that performance aspect yeah. of my life and music has probably been the one thing that I've always wanted to do that I just never took the time to invest in to do and I'm like well why
0: why not why not I mean in here you have this this opportunity where you're like I can write anything I can do anything at this point right now are you a singer are you someone who, that does songwriting a little bit of both do you play instruments I don't
1: play any instruments I want to learn how to play the guitar mm-hmm. but my hands are so
0: messed up that I'm like
1: I tried to start a little bit, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't take it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did play instruments as a kid. Like I played the flute, I played the piano, and I just stopped, like in in high school. So getting back to it, I don't think would be too hard. Um, but yeah, I have dabbled into songwriting. Um, but singing is is what I love to do. Um, I grew up singing in church. And I was a part of competitive choirs. Like yeah, so.
0: Oh, I love competitive choirs. They didn't have them in my area. I don't know why in New England. Like, we just didn't do competitive choir. And then right. I was like, what is this show choir thing? Like, you see all these shows. I watched some documentary on Netflix that was like five or six. No, it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. And the a cappella groups, it's like, serious. oh, my gosh. I would have been so into that because I love stuff like that, even though I don't sing well. But that's a whole other <laughs> But I would, like, I would be, like, the girl, like, in the last row. Let me sing one note. I'd be good. Right. You know, as long as you can harmonize
1: and just hold the key, you're all good. I'd be, too. That would be me.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Well, you know, it's always fun, um, since, you know, we are talking a little bit about dance. It's always fun to take, like, a little bit look back. Because we have so many So You Think You Can Dance fans. And right. that's how everyone really got to know you. Right. Um, and you are, this is what I love, too. Like, season one, season two. Like, I think, I always feel like season one through four. It's like mm. there's something magical about that era right. um, of it when everyone was just watching, dying to know about you guys. We had the long packages. We had two shows a week. <laughs> we had the old stage, all that stuff right. that I that I absolutely love. Um, and you had a great season too. Yeah. You were the top girl.
1: I was the top girl.
0: What was that experience like? Now that we are like so many years past it, do you still think upon it? I know that there's still texts. I know that a lot of the so you think family still. Right. No, you know what? Before
1: all this last year happened, I would have said that going through So You Think was the hardest thing that I'll probably ever do. Now I know different. No 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 That was like
0: nothing. Oh look at look at the top four. Uh, look at you guys. I know. <laughs> I look at maybe Travis too. I know, right? It's
1: so Heidi, Benji. And that's, and that's the thing is like everybody on the show called me Mama D because you know a lot of the people that go on the show, they're, they're babies. They're 18. You know what I mean? 19. Yeah. Like, Travis, I think, he had I feel like he was 18 or 19 during our season. He was he was definitely just, like, getting out of high school. Um, but at the time, I was 27. And I had danced professionally. I had a career. And so, you know, luckily I got, you know, good mama jeans. But he great. You know- <laughs> But, yeah, when I was on the show, I was 27 years old, and there was only one other contestant that was older than I was,
0: and everybody else was, like, 21 and under. Typically, like, 19, majority of people. Well, I want to know what that's like, because occasionally it does happen where there's, like, a 25, now it's probably, like, 24 is probably the oldest, because everyone's so young these days. Right. what is that like being someone that has already gone out, worked professionally, you're grounded, you okay. know what to do, you kind of know how to keep yourself focused on this? And then you've got all these kids like right out of high school and you're competing against them. You
1: know, I think. You agree? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think for me, um, I started late. So it was always, I always had that competitive edge. I always felt like I was playing catch-up even though, you know, to a certain extent I would say like because I had danced, because I had done other things, there was a drive that those kids brought that I had to tap into because for me, you know, I had danced professionally. I had been on tour. Like dance dance was my career. Dance had been my living. It had been how I was supported myself for since I had been nineteen. Right. So you know, almost ten years had passed, and during that time, you know, I was actually before. So you think I was considered retiring from dance? I I I was done. I hadn't danced for probably like six or seven months before that audition show. Yeah.
0: Um, that w- I watched your audition today again. Um, that was a really good audition for someone that yes. hadn't danced for six months. If I if yeah. I went out there like not dancing for six months, I w- you would you would see it. I would have been a mess. Like your turns were just solid, grounded. You hey, had it that
1: good training. <laughs> you
0: had it, but no, it's
1: just you know I think they brought something to the table that I don't want to say I forgot about, but it was like okay, well if I'm gonna do this. If I'm gonna compete against these kids who have a bit more energy than I do, to be honest. Um, you know, but then at the same time, I was like, there's just there were things that I knew that I obtained that only experience could give me. That's right. That wisdom. Yeah. So, and when I say they called me Mama D, it was like I was like a voice of reason a lot of times. Um, <laughs> you get a little bit of that late team <laughs> drama. <laughs> Yeah, the late teen drama, and then also, you know, a lot of the kids, like, that was their first time away from home, so, um, you know, I remember, you know, helping Allison with her hair, because she wasn't, like, you know, her hair, she always wears her hair straight now, but, like, her hair is naturally curly, and I remember showing her how to deal with her curly hair, because she honestly just was, I was like, oh, honey, I was like... You just haven't been around enough black girls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like, I got this. Let me show you how to t-
1: maintain yeah. your curls. <laughs> and also, you know, Benji has such a, I think we balance each other out, but he had such a, like, outgoing personality. I was like, okay, I have to, I've got to, like, I've either got to, like, shrink or step up. Like, one of the two has happened, so I think we were able to compliment each other
0: that's great really
1: really well um because i think i and i learned quickly
0: how to like (coughs) pull him in when it was like okay you're doing too much right now you just watch, <laughs> you got it, yeah, right. But it's easier to pull someone back than to amp them up. So that's right. Good. But he
1: did that for me, though. Like there were times where he's like, "Donnie, you don't have to be so serious." And I'm like, "Okay, okay, okay. thank <laughs> you."
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? I was watching so. uh, a package too. I think it was like the very first week you guys got partnered up too. And he was, I think, Shane Sparks choreographed it. Right. And he, you know, Benji's like, "I'm not supposed to do this until I'm married." You, know? yeah, right. you see that he's coming from a more sheltered background, and here mm-hmm. he is, like, on national TV, and you're like, "You got to do this, right?" And Shane's like, jump on him,
1: stick your (laughs) butt in his face. And I'm like, really? What? Are you sure? (laughs) Was he ready for this? (laughs) No, he, but no, it was, it was great. It was, it was a thrilling experience because for the first time, I felt like I was accepted for myself and what I had to offer dance in general. Um, And I had no idea. You know, you think, like, who cares about my story? But I had no idea how many people were going to be affected by, like, my personal journey. Yep. And, you know, it forced me to kind of reflect on the things that I did during the time when I was, you know. Nowadays, like, I'm not going to say girls have it easier because they don't by any means. Mm-hmm. But the the type of dancer, you know, 15 10, 15 years ago, during that time in my early 20s, if you weren't like a zero to a four, you were considered chunky as a dancer. Yeah. Where now, you know, because of the JLo's and the Kardashians and the this and the that, it's actually gotten, to, we're, we've gotten back to praising women with curves. Right. So nowadays, it's kind of like if you don't have a little bit of curve, if you don't, if you're not fit, do you know what I mean? So they actually want you to have a little more body. Um, they, they, yeah,
0: they they want some booty. They, that's the thing too. Like you're probably not going to be on, on dancing next to JLo if you are a zero, right? It's and that's just the way. That's the style of dancer she yeah. wants. She wants a more athletic look, I think overall. And I think that's the style of dancing you see too,
1: right? And that's the thing is on. Um, so you think and it's I kind of giggle at it now because even like now I've gained a lot of weight even just. Mm-hmm. You know, from this journey that I've had because I haven't been able to work out and do certain things. And my medications has my hormones going crazy. <laughs> but um, but from where I am now to where I was then, I'm probably, not probably, 50 to like 70 pounds bigger than what I was when I was like on So You Think. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was, you know, I was like a size 7, I believe. Like a 5'7". But everybody else on the show was like a double zero oh to gosh. like a three or four. They were tiny. So, you mm-hmm. know, they kind of pinned me as a big girl, which is, I was fine with that. I was like, you know, whatever. But people would see me in public and they'd be like,
0: you're like normal.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I'm
0: totally fine and I'm fit and every, and healthy and everything right. else. And TV is, does give you like a warp sense. It
1: does. But, you know, TV also, you know, it, you know. When they say it adds a few pounds, it really does. So when you see somebody and they look thin on TV, imagine what they look like in person. But, like, when I'm standing next to ten other girls that are a zero to a four, and I'm a seven, of course I look much bigger than the ten girls that are all surrounding me. And I'm like, hey.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but also, you know, you also have to remember, too, um... You were twenty six. Like your body at eighteen to twenty six changes right, too, completely. and I think that that is another thing that people forget too. Like you, you grow into your body and stuff I like was that. A woman, you were a woman. We like that. <laughs> we need that on the show. That's <laughs> Absolutely. What I, wish. I
1: wish more
0: seasoned dancers
1: were on the show. That's that's the one thing I feel like is missing from that dance, that show is is just more seasoned women. Because I feel like there's been some older men, but there always mm-hmm. is older men that do. Things
0: yeah, and they're like, I picked up dance at 24, and here I am at 26. And so you think you can dance? I'm like, how? Right? How? But I'm not mad because I picked up dance at 18. Well, you did really well. So you did really well. You know,
1: I I can't I can't <clears throat> complain. You know, like I decided at 18 in junior college, I fortunately had somebody that saw something in me and said like, Hey, if you want to do this, like you can. And I'm like, really? Okay. You know, and. By 21, I had an agent. And, you know, by 26, I called myself retiring. You know what I mean? But... I love it. My is <laughs> over. I'm done.
0: <laughs> you know? But and, it, oh, but then So You Think came along. Right. I mean, because they loved your audition, too. It was fun. Just, like, you hear them whispering, going, I'm already sending her to Vegas. <laughs> it's fun to watch yeah. if you go back.
1: And that was the thing, is that I think <clears throat> up until I saw Brian, I don't think I took the audition too seriously. Hmm. I... Was there because the same person that got me to dance in the first place kind of bribed me into going to auditioning.
0: Who was this person?
1: Her name is Lara Arnez. She was like my first like dance teacher, mentor, the person but was like, you can do this. Like if you Amazing. just like listen to what I'm telling you. And she really took me under her wing and taught me one, how to be a dancer, gave me great technique and also trained me to be
0: an awesome teacher. And, um, Which not all dancers are awesome teachers. I was never no. someone that was great at teaching.
1: One well, that's the thing is like at her studio, she used to sit in your classes and you would meet with her and she would question how you taught. And sometimes, not necessarily in a bad way, but she would ask you, why did you make these choices? Or I saw this and I saw that. Or I saw these corrections. Why did you not address them. She wanted to know, she always wanted to know your why. Mm. And um, and I didn't realize how beneficial that was up until probably like my later 20s and my early 30s. I wrote her a letter and I'm like, thank you for what you did for me as a teacher because I didn't even, I didn't understand the value of the knowledge that you gave me and the time that you poured into me. Um, until now and now there's like all these different things about who's a good teacher who's a bad teacher and it's 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 a it's a it's a thing right now. It's but, a thing. Um. Yes, we we
0: are going through the thing and whether we should tape the class or not tape the class and put it up on social media or not. It's it's a thing. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing about the thing. But this, is... <laughs> I've been up since the East Coast time, so it's going to get really punchy if we were here for another hour. But the, the thing, that's really <laughs> out, the light bulb does go off at a certain point. Like your mentor can tell you all these things, and you're like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. But right. it's not, you're absorbing it, and then the light bulb goes off, and I'm like, oh my god. Gosh, I get this. And yeah. I think that that's what's so important. As long as the light bulb goes off and you learn the lesson, you're going to be able to impart that knowledge to a whole n- another right. generation of um, of dancers and teachers and choreographers, which is fantastic. I mean, I think, luckily I've kind of always played the catch-up game.
1: So, right now, you know, I don't know what's next. You know what I mean? But I'm open. You know? Um and it's scary. It's so doggone scary. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's exciting because I'm like, okay, well, if I can get through everything that I've been through, like, why not sing? Why not try? Why not try this? Why not, you know, um, I'm trying to explore like, you know, maybe getting into management or doing different things. Mm -hmm. Um, I've worked so many jobs in the industry, you know, I don't I don't know what what's next but i'm definitely open to something new and something that i haven't tried before
0: well i think that's what's great too though you know all these artists already there's wonderful ways if you do music you can collaborate with dancers if you wanted to there's if you want to manage people there's so many opportunities that it's like wherever your passion takes you because at this point you're like you know i've been through all of this stuff right now let's do something for me that I'm really passionate about and want to do, which I think is amazing. Oh, that's America's Best Dance Crew.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that it was I season mean, four, right? Yeah, um, with and artistry in motion. That's the crazy thing is I, I put this group together because you know I was tired of seeing women being objectified as dancers, mm-hmm. and I wanted to put together a crew that could do everything. Come on,
0: this photo is amazing. <laughs> Come on, that is amazing. Yes.
1: <laughs> and I wanted I wanted to put together a group of females that n- were not only technical, were sexy, yep. and could dance like a boy and hit it hard, you know? And that's, you know, one of the things like that is my acclaim is that I am th- the only female that has been both on so you think and
0: America's Best Dance Crew. Hasn't Um, who was I Yaya did Yaya wind up? she didn't do it the all star year Yaya Yaya was on Yaya Vancouver she was on season 12 of So You Think so you're the first she followed you in second but was she on America's Best Dance Crew she was I believe for the very first time I Am Me was on she didn't make the second one because she did season 12 of So You Think instead oh okay but you led the way Good to know you learned some new it. Every- yeah, I know. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I didn't remember her being Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh no, it's true. I remember
1: her being on so you think um, America's
0: Best Dance Crew. Yeah. Group. But you're but you led the way. You're the no, first. No,
1: that's all good. No. I have to like she and I should do something.
0: You guys should. She is amazing too. Right. I had her here in studio a few weeks ago or now before the holiday, but right. um she is. I love her and I think um, she is also someone that has really felt like she, especially when it comes to crumping, she has mm-hmm. felt like she really wants to lead the way as a female in that area because she's like, female crumpers just don't get the time of day. Right. I'm just throwing that out. I don't know. Maybe there's something brewing in your head, music music and crumping. and I don't know. I don't know, but I didn't.
1: Wow. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> you know what? If you guys do a collaboration, you have to premiere it here on the show because we kind of like stirred up this yeah. idea. I know. And I, I think that there could be something there, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're she and I are so different, but yeah, that's
0: that's awesome. It's I think, it's really awesome. Yeah. yeah, and I think like you guys would really get along too. I I really like her. People, I think on when she was on season twelve, sometimes people were like, "I'm not sure I understand Yaya," but I was always like, "I just like who she is and what she's about." When you really get talking with her, like right. she loves. She loves her craft. She loves the artistry of it. She, you know, she wants to dance. Like, I love that passion. No, I love that's that. that's awesome.
1: No, I think she's great. I'm a huge fan. I don't know her personally, but.
0: I can make the introduction happen if you want. Make it happen. <laughs> I was like, I know. Maybe this is an idea. Maybe yeah, this yeah, is. me and you, girl. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is the start of something exciting for 2018. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, you can, like, who knows, brainstorm with her, so. That's awesome. Hmm. I have to definitely do some research on Miss Young I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Um, One other thing I I just want to mention very briefly before we do wrap up. um, Just who are the people that really supported you through this? Because I know your husband was like a superhero. It's never easy when, you know, your mate goes through something difficult. And I know he's been really, really a big support to you.
1: Yeah, my honey bun. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's... (coughs) uh Uh-oh. He's awesome. He's, you know, he's seen it all. You know, um, when you know, I wouldn't let anybody else come around because I was too sick. Like, right. you know, we lived together, kind
0: of. You, know, you do it funny thing, but <laughs> <it> happens.
1: <laughs> um, but you know, he's been great. And the one thing that you know, I've read a lot on blogs is, you know, I read a lot of people who their spouse walked away. You know, I. It's more common than. I thought, because, you know, when you get married, you make those vows. In
0: sickness and in health. Yeah, but,
1: you know, with us getting through this, we can get through anything. But it
0: made your marriage stronger in many ways.
1: Yeah, and just like I'm getting to know myself again, I think we we are both going to come out of it stronger and better people, but then also our relationship is gonna be stronger and better. And I think right now so much has changed that, you know, it's almost in this year. I'm I'm excited to kind of court my husband again. You get to
0: date him (laughs) again. This is the best part. You get to date. And that's Mm. you get the butterflies all over again. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. I love that. I just wanted to throw that out there because I know caregivers just like don't get enough um recognition i think sometimes just because you know they are they're the person there day in and day out and helping you out right
1: no i've i've had an an overwhelming amount of support which has been amazing and i think to i can attribute to partly saving my life um you know trisha miranda is one of my best friends and she's been like right there. Like, my ride or die. If I, like, didn't have Ty, it was either my sister or her. Um, you know, she came with me to a few of my appointments. Um, and then Shonique and Lissette and then Brian and Brian Tony Zar. Yeah. Yeah. they all did, you know, workshops for me for money and, you know, not, not realizing that, you know, like, I haven't worked for over a year now. So that money was crucial to things that I needed,
0: you know. Hang the bells, medication, Um, whatever it is, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I've I've had a tremendous amount of support. Like, you know, I've had so many students over the years. I've been, you know, teaching dance for twenty years now. Um, and, you know, my students that came, my parents of my students who, you know, if even, you know, last week I called a, a parent that I was like, Hey, can you just bring me some soup? Like it's amazing. Just, yeah, yeah. You know, and people dropping whatever they got to make sure that I'm taken care of. Um, So, you know, I've been really blessed to have a tremendous amount of support. And to be honest, I don't, you know, people that don't have that support, I don't know how they do it because
0: it, it takes it, a village.
1: Yeah. It, it, it takes a toll on your spirit and your mind. Yes. And I think when... When I didn't have it for myself, I had people that had it for me, you know?
0: Yeah, but I think it's because you, you gave such an honest uh, look into what you were going through and uh, your journey, and I think that uh, you're probably going to get a more fans even from this because, like I said, no one's going to be able to tell your story better <laughs> than you, and uh, I want to thank you so much for joining us today because this was something that's been on my mind, and we've been communicating right. over the last year and trying to make this happen, and I'm, I'm so glad, it, you know? 2018 is your year. I feel it. I know. Me too. Oh, good. <laughs> so for anyone that wants to follow you, um, best place is probably Instagram. I know you've you got yeah. lots of good...
1: Um, that's... I mean, Instagram is definitely the best place. Um, dancing, Donnie. Dancing with the Z, With the Z. Yeah, not a C. Um, D-O-N-N-Y. And, and she's... Um,
0: Danielle Denise. Denise.
1: Yes. Forget the Jones. Yeah, Danielle... Den- the Jones is gone. Danielle Denise is in the building. And um and also you know I've started to do more blogging um and I'll be blogging the rest of my journey um my fitness journey getting back into dance Great. um creating again and then also
0: that music journey is coming. And maybe this project with Yaya which we just came up with like five minutes ago. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. I so appreciate you coming here today. And you guys, thank you for joining us here at To The Point. Of course, next week we have got another So You Think You Can Dance alum. It is Rudy Abro season 11. I I know. He's becoming quite the choreographer. I'm kind of excited to have him here in studio. And of course, if you're looking for all the latest dance news, be sure to check out dancenetwork.tv. We want to thank Popcorn Talk